1: Residents who live north of the Gardener between Jarvis and Parliament were told in mid-October construction to rehabilitate the Gardner would continue until early 2021 and occur mainly 24 hours a day. But they say they were also told that the majority of the most disruptive work would be completed by... 11 o'clock at night. Apparently, this has not been the case. And please, I want to hear from you if you are among the residents who say they've had to endure jackhammering, drilling, saw-cutting, other noisy activities causing them sleepless nights and a decline in their quality of life. 416 360 Toll-free 1-866-744-740 Joining me to discuss this disruptive situation is Suzanne Cavanaugh with the St. Lawrence Neighbourhood Association and Toronto City Councillor Paula Fletcher. Welcome both. Hi. Okay, so we've just got Councillor Fletcher. Uh, we will be hearing from Suzanne shortly. Uh, what have you been hearing, Councillor Fletcher, in terms of complaints about the noise?
2: This is I've just what, what, I've, what same thing you've been hearing because the Gardner uh, construction is a pretty long swath of construction. And this is over on the west side of the river, but I think everybody's that goes on the gardener sees that a good part of it has now been uh, cordoned off, It's down to two lanes, you can't get off at certain exits, so we all know there's a tremendous amount of this rehabilitation going on. It's probably one of the biggest rehab projects in the city, and uh, of course, there's all this fallout with noise, which is... Always a huge problem when we're dealing with these infrastructure projects, Jane.
1: Are any of these complaints exaggerated? Paula, I'm seeing... um Somebody complains jackhammering, saw cutting, drilling and coring starts almost every night at 9.30 and runs until 5 in the morning. This individual is quoted as saying, I'm so tired from lack of sleep that when I finally fall asleep, I oversleep and miss meetings at work. Another resident says, my kids find it difficult to pay attention at school because of lack of sleep. We have noise machines, eye masks, earplugs scattered around the house, but it makes no difference. That sounds terrible.
2: That sounds absolutely terrible. I don't know when those came in, but I um, have—I know that Councillor Cressy, who is on top of this, that the—you know—the construction wing of the city is moved right in on this. Contractors will often try to go as fast as they can, and work as long as they can. So this is terribly disruptive, and I believe that, um, I understand things have shifted a little bit because the city's now moved in based on all those complaints. And the councilors pulled those folks together, and they're coming up with different protocols. But this is, you know, sometimes when the streetcar work and then they work overnight, but night after night after night after night, that's just... You cannot tolerate that and have a good sleep.
1: So what we're hearing from this organization, the St. Lawrence Neighbourhood Association, and we we'll, we will speak with Suzanne Cavanaugh from that group in just a few minutes, but she says in her news release this Friday evening, so tomorrow night, residents are finally getting a meeting with city staff almost three months after one was requested to hear from staff about the project, the current stage of work, its impact to the community, and mitigation strategies. Uh, Councillor Fletcher, do you have an idea of what, uh, can you tell us in advance what, what, how the residents may be reassured?
2: You know, I'm going to leave that up to the good Councillor Cressy, who I'm sure has a working out and making sure the city's coming to meet there. But I do understand there's different... I'm going to call them pockets of work, and the Saint Lawrence neighborhood is the is one. There's some that's right at the bottom of Parliament. This gardener where it starts for the construction, it starts actually at the Don River and runs all the way, I believe, to the York uh, exit. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get you can get off on that, but it's truncated. And so it's a big swath. I might say it's uh, 500 meters, at least, if not a bit more. So there's a lot of condos along that line. And I understand from the city staff that they have met with some of those affected condo owners, and now they're going to be meeting with the next block going west. So I believe that uh, with Councillor Cressy and the main city staff, they've stepped in to make sure the contractors aren't kind of abusing the hours and that they're working to the schedule that's been agreed on to make sure that there is tremendous mitigation for any, and if overnight work has to happen, everybody would know when, and uh, it simply i would think it can't be every night now there's other projects on that line too i know Metrolinx has projects in that very neighborhood so up uh, overnight yes that would simply be the gardener but there's other contributors to noise along the gardener corridor I guess this is what we get for keeping it up, rather than just saying it should come down. Yes, and you and I have had conversations
1: about that in advance of when the decision was made. Uh, Regardless, it is happening, and if you're listening to us now, uh, likely on 96.7, I know many of you are listening to us on AM 740, but Zuma Radio is at 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. If you live just north of the Gardiner between Jarvis and Parliament, what are you experiencing in terms of noise? We want to hear from those of you who are actually living beside the rehabilitation of the Gardner Expressway. 416- 3600-740 toll-free 1-866-740 4740 Certainly, Councillor Fletcher, there is a complaint to be made if this is going to be going on around the clock until early 2021. That's almost unthinkable. That
2: that sounds unthinkable. I can't speak directly because that would be under Councillor Cressy, who I know is on top of this, but busy today. But I want to go back to that point you just raised about this is one of the consequences. When everybody said, we well, have to keep the gardener up, you can't take that down, this it's going to fall down if the work doesn't happen, and it would be cheaper if it had just come down. You know, the $400 million cheaper to remove the gardener, but the council, by a very slim margin, I didn't vote like that, voted to rehab it, keep it up, and add uh, new legs coming off the Don Valley. I really wish we could revisit that, and that councillors who've said, it just has to stay up at all costs, could go for a night and sleep somewhere along there, and they may have a different opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it's hindsight now, I get you know, and a lot of people would applaud city council with going ahead with a decision. a lot of times there is criticism of city council for revisiting and uh, re debating ideas when it comes to transit and how to get around the city, so at least it is moving forward, but there just needs to be a level of comfort expressed to these people, I guess uh, who who say it's it's almost intolerable.
2: I noise. Is a huge factor in the city of Toronto, and constant noise is what puts everybody's nerves on edge, and really gets to you. I understand how that's getting to people. If they weren't able to have meetings, if not all the city staff and big honchos and councillor weren't going out to meet them, if the city staff and the councillor hadn't been already meeting with other condo owners who have been um, affected in that way and those living along the Gardener, I would be very upset, but I know that's in full swing right now. And the mayor's office is involved. Everybody's involved because we have to do the work, but you cannot completely destroy everybody's life because you're doing the work. This is the same thing what we run in with votes about signs, Jane big illuminated signs that city council votes and says we'll put that up right beside the gardener people that are living beside the gardener we are intensifying all along that zone say all night that's all we have big bright lights in our rooms. so if we're going to have a dense downtown toronto we have to be very careful about how we treat all those people that are moving there because They're moving there because we said, let's densify downtown. And it's got to be a good balance. And it sounds like they're working on it, but haven't quite got there yet. A lesson learned. Uh,
1: We will hear from people who live in the neighborhood coming up after the break. Uh, In the meantime, Councillor Paula Fletcher, thank you, as always, for your time. Thank you, Jane. Take care. You too. Now joining us with a first-hand account is Suzanne Kavanaugh of the St. Lawrence Neighborhood Association. Suzanne, uh, I do want to get your reaction to what Councillor Paula Fletcher was saying about this, but first, first tell us what it's like to live there through uh, the noise that you say is happening.
3: Well, good afternoon, Jane. Well, it has been interesting. Um, we've been having lots of discussion. There's been lots of meetings and lots of words. And we've asked for this meeting that we're having tomorrow night since October 28th. And just to be clear, it's not just people north of the Gardener, there's also a whole neighborhood south of the Gardener. So when we sent out this media release, it was mainly for the St. Lawrence, which we run from Parliament to Jarvis. But we're also talking to the folks south and to the east in the uh, Gooderman Wart's neighborhood association. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, in the distillery district.
3: Absolutely.
1: Okay. So what is it? What's going on? What What's happening after 11 o'clock at night? What are people well, hearing?
3: So what's happening now is the first construction notice we were given, as Paula mentioned, was in fact that you know the noise would stop before 11 but what is happening is they're bringing up the jackhammers anywhere between 9 and 10.30, and they run them right through until 5 a.m. And what that do, is doing is, is they're loosening up the panel so that they can do the removal. We're not, uh, we're not opposed to the overnight construction. We get this. We've always been, I mean, as Paula said, you know, we weren't really a fan of having this uh, roadway stay up, but we're stuck with it. The contracts have been signed. The issue that we have is, and it's very simple, Move this scope of work in the evening to the daytime, and the daytime work, move it to the evening, and we are fine. The concern that we have is there's more concern for keeping this project on schedule and the safety for the motorists, and it seems to be exclusive to the health and well-being of the residents along this roadway. So what's
1: gone wrong if initially you were told that the most disruptive work would be completed before 11 p.m.? What's happened that that hasn't been able to take
3: place? Well, now what's happening is they're saying that in order to do this removal of the concrete, um, because there could be debris flying underneath, they can't do it um, over live lanes. So they need uh, a, a quite a, a large amount of time to then close the lakeshore lane so that they can do this work above on the gardener. And we're saying that we know that there's technology out there where you can sling underneath the gardener so that it keeps it safe for the live lanes. Okay. We're also saying that if it means opening up the contract and renegotiating, that they need to do that. And, of course, it's always about money, but it can't be at the peril of the people who live here. So as you mentioned earlier about people sleeping in or not sleeping at all, the other issue that we've got is is the lights. When they set up the lights, there are stadium lights that are just blaring out all over, and people um, I've talked to have blackout blinds, and the light is still coming through. So it's just relentless no matter what we do. So we're not saying stop it. We're not saying tear down the gardener. That ship has sailed. We're stuck with this. All we're saying is move this night work to the day so that we can have some sort of, of semblance of sleep and, and to have some well being in this neighborhood.
1: It, has there been any acknowledgement of the proposal you're making about the sling going underneath so it doesn't affect the live lanes of traffic?
3: Part of what's been going on here is we are getting more and more frustrated because we keep sending emails to um, the, the city and the politicians. And from the mayor's office, we get the standard line. Everyone's getting the same email. We are taking your email very seriously and your yeah. concerns. But the issue is, is that we're looking for action, and nothing has changed since October 9th, when all of this started.
1: One of the residents in your uh, St. Lawrence Neighborhood Association is suggesting that senior city staff and politicians (laughs) try to have a sleepover in the neighborhood so that they can hear for themselves what's going on. I suspect no one's taking
3: you up on that. Well, we haven't formally extended that, but it wouldn't be a sleepover. It would be a non-sleepover. Right,
1: true. True.
3: (laughs) It's been very frustrating because um, we've been tracking. We've got people on their cell phones going over to the site. And with these applications that are out there now, um, the apps are showing that the sounds are exceeding anywhere from 110 to 120 decibels. We know from the public health city Toronto, they've got reports out there lots about long-term uh, effects of noise. And even sitting in a bar at 70 decibels for a long period of time can start to cause some hearing loss. You can imagine... At 120, what that sounds like. And at night, it's even worse because there is no other ambient noise to sort of muffle it. And if you're in some of the condominiums along the way that's elevated, because it is elevated, the sound attenuation just bounces all over and just comes right in. So we've been working with the city trying to get noise monitors, although it doesn't matter. The bottom line is the humans aren't getting their sleep.
1: You do have a meeting tomorrow night, 6.30, at St. James Cathedral Centre in the lecture room. Uh, By what you're hearing in the neighbourhood, is it
3: going to be a packed meeting? We're encouraging people to come early because we also advise the city. The first thing I said was, when you're on the second floor, you're going to need a bigger room. So it's going to be tight for space. um, But I think that the message also is to the city to say, we want to work with you. But you've got to help us out. You've got to you've got to work on this because you can't keep trying different things. It's not working. There is no such thing as noise mitigation and concrete. It just doesn't work. They tried a construction shroud, which they bought it from the states. It didn't work. They switched from jackhammering to core drilling. Very negligible, negligible difference, and so they've gone back to jackhammering. So you know, we're no further ahead. If anything, it's worse because we're we're more frustrated because we're still not getting any any. Um, any feedback as far as next steps?
1: Right. Well, one of the things that a lot of people will say about our our Toronto politicians, our city councillors, is that they are empathetic. We certainly heard that from Councillor Paula Fletcher, and Mayor John Tory is, has a lot of empathy in the way he deals with situations. But it, it there's empathy, and then there's taking action. And uh, do you feel hopeful that some action may be taken by city staff after tomorrow night's meeting?
3: We are always hopeful. Um, In the meantime, we've started to take um, other action. We've been talking with lawyers, seeing what recourse we have legally. For us, it's unfortunate that we have to start dragging it uh, through the mud as far as making this so public. We think this is a no-brainer, and we really want the city to listen to us. We're not saying stop. We're saying just reverse the work of of the, um, the scope. So do the night work that they're doing now with the jackhammering during the day. And so right now, we need the mayor's office to hear that loud and clear. We need to get that political will to encourage the city staff to renegotiate the contract. And we fully understand there will be more money at the table and so on. But the sad part is, is that all through this conversation, you can look at the City of Toronto website. At no point is there any consideration for the residents. And we're not saying it's all about us, but there has to be some common ground.
1: The St. Lawrence Neighborhood Association represents the area from Queen Street South to the rail corridor, Lakeshore Boulevard, Parliament Street West to Young Street. 30,000 people live in that neighborhood. Uh, even if you get a fraction of that number out tomorrow night, uh, hopefully your voices will be heard because no one should be uh, sleepless for 1.5 years while having to endure jackhammering all night. And that certainly sounds like some people in that neighborhood are experiencing that. Exactly. Where can people go for more information? Uh, Again, the meeting is tomorrow evening, 6.30 St. James Cathedral Center Lecture Room, uh, a website for people listening who may be interested.
3: If they want to hear more, I mean, they can certainly go to the city's website, but they can go to slna.ca.
1: S-L-N-A dot C-A.
3: And that's the email, or the website, rather, for the St. Lawrence Neighborhood Association
1: Suzanne Kavanaugh, thank you so much for your time today and for letting us know what's going on in that part of Toronto. Thanks. Good luck with your meeting.
0: Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.